Inspired Souls is celebrating our three-year anniversary this month. We just wanted to take a moment to thank you, our listeners, for giving us a reason to continue this labor of love of ours. Whether you've been listening since day one or joining us for the first time with this episode, we are so grateful you have chosen to spend a few minutes of your day with us. You are the reason we continue to produce new episodes each week. We also want to thank the many inspiring guests who have come on our show and shared their stories. Many of our guests have never even been on a podcast before, and we thank you for being so brave. Over the past three years, we have connected with the running community in ways we never thought imaginable, and our lives are so much richer for it. If you want to continue to support us, the best thing you can do is share your favorite episode with a friend. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send us guest recommendations. Tell us who you want us to talk to or what topics you want us to talk about. You can message us on Instagram or email us at inspiredsoulscast at gmail.com. We are looking forward to another great season of guests and great conversation. Not everybody wants to run marathons. So is there something else out there and masters track uh, at the field events? There's lots of stuff for people to do that, you know, once you find your passion, set a goal and now you can, you can work towards that. That was Greg Athide, and this is episode 154 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn and I'm a road runner. And I'm Kim and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. Greg Athide is a 62-year-old runner who was born in Uganda and immigrated to Winnipeg, Manitoba with his family in 1972. He discovered track and cross country in junior high and took part all the way through his years at the University of Manitoba. In his 30s and 40s, Greg dabbled in road running and even raced several marathons, but more recently he's gone all in again on the track. 800 meters is his favorite event, and it turns out he's just as good at it, if not better, as a 62-year-old than he was in his prime. Relatively speaking, of course. Greg explains what age grading is and how it can work to keep masters athletes striving for their goals. Greg runs with Tough Track, the same club that my kids and husband Johnny train with, So we had some fun discussions around what it's like to train with and race against teenagers. Last month at the Canadian Masters Athletics Outdoor Championships in Langley, BC, Greg was part of a world record setting 4x800 meter relay team for his 60 to 64 age category. This episode really opened our eyes to the many different ways one can enjoy running beyond marathons and ultra marathons. Greg is on several boards and committees aimed at growing our Masters track and road running communities at the local, provincial and national levels. So without further delay, let's get right into it with Greg Athide. Hi, Greg, and welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Excellent. Well, we really appreciate you joining us, and we're excited about the conversation that we're about to have. Uh, Kim and I started this podcast, oh my goodness, was it two years ago almost? Three. It'll be three Three? years next month that we dropped Ah! our first episode, Carolyn. Isn't that wild? But we started, of course, and this is right in our kind of intro, we started with the intention of bringing the worlds of road running and trail running together, but we perhaps overlooked a totally different but 
equally fun way of putting one foot in front of the other, and that is running on the track, which, Greg, you are an absolute expert in. Where did it all start for you on the track? I don't even think I know your origin story. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so how far back do you want to go, like to the very beginning? <laughs> well, we have an hour. <laughs> okay, so I'll give you a little bit more personal background, and then we'll... we'll talk a little bit of running because they're kind of interrelated. So I was actually born in Uganda, in Africa, and we came to Canada in 1972 with essentially the clothes on our back. Um, we landed in Montreal and and they asked us, well, where do you want to go? And we kind of said, well, we don't really know. And there were some people that were refugees on the plane that landed in in Montreal and they said, well, we've got family in Winnipeg, so we're going to go to Winnipeg. And so we said, uh, okay, sure. That sounds like fun. And so we <laughs> landed. You didn't in... get out a map or anything. <laughs> Check the well, weather. <laughs> in Uganda, they did not do Canadian geography or Canadian, uh, like North American geography. So go figure. Uh, we had no clue what, oh, well, I had no clue about it. But uh, anyways, we, we uh, landed in Winnipeg. And um, I guess it was probably 19, about 40 plus years ago, almost now, um, I went to Gordon Bell High School, which was about, uh, I'm going to say, 800 meters or a kilometer away from where we lived. And my mom said I had to come home for lunch. So every day I'd walk home to lunch and then have my lunch. And then I discovered like cartoons and soap operas on, on TV. And I found that if I could run home, I'd have more time to watch the soap operas and I'd miss mm. less of them. And I could wait to the very last minute to leave to uh, watch the very, get the very last part of the, of the show and then run to school. So, so I kind of started running that way. And then for some reason, I decided to see how fast I could do it. And, and the first couple of times were very painful. And I'm sure I was very stinky at school in the afternoon, but that's a different, <laughs> different story. Um, and in grade eight, a friend of mine decided I should come out and try out for all the various different sports. Actually, I think it was grade nine. And, and so we tried volleyball and basketball and other things. And all, after almost breaking my fingers, deciding neither of those sports were for me, I found track and, and went out and ran and I actually did pretty good at it and so that kind of started my my track career and then in high school there was also cross country so technically trails but uh, uh, mm -hmm. so that was the, kind of the early trail running and, and track running uh, that I did so that was kind of the, the starting point of uh, where I got into running. Now that is a unique story. Nobody has said they were inspired to run so they could watch soap operas before ever on our show. You, you own that first. What was your favorite soap opera that you were trying to stay at home so long for? Well, I'm trying to remember. It was like a long, long time ago because it, it would have been like As the World Turns or General yeah, yeah. Hospital or something. I chose that yeah. it was probably still on today. Still, but, of course. Yeah. I'm sure same characters too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But that was just in junior high, and once I got over that, like in senior high school, I like I don't think I watched soap operas after that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. At least you won't admit it on a, a public podcast. Not that podcast. I won't, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, well, I know you a little bit. We're on many, I'm sure this will come out in the interview here, but we're on many uh 
committees and boards and things together trying to grow uh, master's athletics here, you know, in the province of Manitoba, but also nationally. I did not know any of that story. So I'm very entertained and we could probably do the whole podcast just on all of that. But so high school, it sounds like, is when you really started to get into it. Oh, I'm good at this. Was it like you mentioned the track? Oh, okay. I was pretty good at that. And But then you did cross country too. Was there something that you preferred? Like, did you like the track better than cross country or did you just like all running? Just don't give me the volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't give me the volleyball because I almost broke fingers there. And also one foot in front of the other repeat is, is mm -hmm. uh, my thing. And no hurdles. I just can't yeah. do hurdles. Um, so, so I kind of am uncoordinated, but when I can do my one foot in front of the other repeat, it's, um, it's easy to, to yeah. easy to handle for sure. Uh, so, but both of them, like cross country was definitely the lead into track. So we established a lot of our base and I know you guys have talked about, uh, training and, and, um, how the endurance really helps with everything else. And so cross country was always at that season to, to build that base up, to prepare for the, the mm -hmm. track uh, season. And did you enjoy it as much as the track or did you prefer the track? Um, uh, I'm going to say different kind of enjoyment, mm. but yeah, I mean, just being out and, 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 you know, Kim can relate to this, just being out in nature and looking at the scenery and, um, you know, running through parks and stuff like that. Just it, it's, it's different. You know, mm -hmm. you, you, you don't have to think about <laughs> turn left every so often and you don't have to worry about pace. You could just turn the mind off and just, yeah. just start running. So just, uh, it's a different type of, uh, different type of Zen, I guess, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to put it that way. Excellent. So, and then you went to the University of Manitoba, didn't you? And did you run for them? I, I did. And, and I have to say, like, I, I was, I was a I'll say I was a really good runner, but I wasn't, um, how do I want to put this without coming out funny? Uh, I always called myself the king of the slow heats. So I was, I was a really good runner, but I was always finished towards the back of the fast heats if I got there. But if I was in the slow heats, I'd always win. <laughs> so middle mid packer of the heats. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I still, I ran pretty fast. I think at, at some point in time, I think I might even still have a, a provincial outdoor four by 800 meter record. So on some of our relay teams, I'm still up, up there. I ran some decent times for 800 and 1500 in, in my younger days. And, you know, you know, we're going to talk about age grading at some point in time, but it's funny, but some of my age graded times now are faster than mm -hmm. what I ran when I was mm -hmm. in university. I can't wait to get into that. Definitely. Yeah. When can we talk about that, Carolyn? <laughs> soon. Let's talk about that okay. soon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I want to set the stage here a, a little bit more. Like I know at one point you veered away from doing a lot of track stuff and you experimented a little bit on the roads, didn't you? You ran, even ran a marathon. So tell us about like kind of what took you off the track and, and to the roads at that point in your life. Um, so I did track till I, I ran till I was about 32 years old. So after my second son was born, who just turned 30, so that's how I kind of okay. do the math. Yeah. Um, uh, it was one of those, okay, this is, uh, too much time away from home. And, and so kind of 
got away from the track. And uh, after my first son was born, which was 32 years ago, uh, we bought a, a, a jogging stroller. So that was kind of uh, the first kind of lead in to be away from uh, from the track. But um, but after my second son was born, it was just getting a bit too too much to juggle uh, uh, home life and work life and running life, and so kind of backed away from from the um, uh, from the track. Um, so I. I didn't really race on the roads until mid to late thirties when the kids got older. Uh, I remember uh, going to like the ice cream runs for the MRA and doing, uh, taking the baby stroller along and having a, a race against um, one of the other, uh, Dimitri Melman, if you know the name. Uh, and so he and I were running this five, five mile run in our, with our, our baby joggers. And it was quite, quite thrilling. Yeah. So you're uh, telling me the ice cream runs have a 30 year history with the Manitoba Runners Association? I uh, have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Been, been that is a tradition. Yeah. Well, the MRA turned 50, didn't it? Either last year or yeah. the year before. So, yeah, I guess even longer potentially. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. And then when I turned 40, uh, which was 22 years ago now. My my math is getting bad. I used to be good at So math. you're 62 now. Can we firmly I keep doing the math and it always adds up to 62. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm 62 now. And so if you look for Winnipeg Sun articles, you'll find an article that that was written with me or about me at at that point in time and so when I turned 60 or when I turned 40, I said, "Okay, well, I'm either going to buy a, a uh, a convertible or I'm going to run a marathon. So had a chat with my wife and she just kind of looked at me and said, okay, well, just uh, run a marathon <laughs> without realizing what, with, without, without realizing what it entailed, because the hardest part about running a marathon is, is not the marathon itself. It's the training for the marathon, as you guys are aware, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's very time consuming. So, but I had my trusty jogging stroller. And so my my youngest daughter uh, was born in 2000, and so the, so that year I actually took about six months off work and stayed home. And when I dropped the other three kids at school, uh, took my uh, baby child in, in the jogging stroller and went and ran around the Cinnaboyne Park and got got my miles in. So wow, it was, uh, it was all good. So yeah, when I turned 40, I ran my uh, first marathon. And, and shortly after that, I said, I'm never doing one of these again. <laughs> and then the next day it was like, you know, if I did this for training, I could probably actually run this a little bit faster than I Classic. <laughs> Doesn't matter the distance. There's always that, you know, oh, that sucked. It was the worst thing ever, but I absolutely want to do it again so I can do better. Yeah. So you did some road races, continued to do them throughout your 40s? And you did another marathon. <laughs> I did some more marathons. So, I mean, the last marathon I ran was um, Minneapolis in 2011. But yeah, between uh, 40 and 50, I, I ran, yeah, I guess, maybe a marathon every year. Maybe there were a couple of years I did two. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. I have done like Boston and I have done Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. had been registered to run New York. And we went to New York, but I... Uh, tried to train like I was 20 and kind of hurt my Achilles. So we watched New York instead of running. 
<laughs> you wouldn't be the first person I don't yeah. think to do that. <laughs> but more recently, you've really taken to the track again, at least in the time that I've known you. And so currently you're training with my kids uh, club called Tough Track. So the coach is Andy Tough. So there is where the name comes from. Uh, tell us, you've only been training with them for about a year, if I'm not mistaken. So tell us. Yeah, about a year and a half. Well, I guess it was last summer I joined I joined Andy's group. But, um, but just going back to the question about the track. Um, so in 2020, uh, I think it was 2020, we were supposed to have the World Masters Athletics Championships in Toronto. And indoors, right? Indoor, no, that was the outdoor one. Oh, outdoor. And then in 22 or 23, they were supposed to have the indoor championships in Edmonton. When I was in university, I think I ran around a 151 for 800 meters and maybe 51 or so for 400 and about a 350-something for a 1,500. And, and I'm looking at these times for these old people. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know I'm old, but <laughs> and I'm like, these aren't very fast. Like, I could run that. And, and um, I'm finding out that as you get older, you don't necessarily get faster right. <laughs> can't run as fast as you were when you're 25 mm -hmm. uh, but um but I, I was looking at these times and I thought like I, I'm sure I could run that and so so my plan was to train and run uh, at, at the world masters in Toronto which unfortunately got cancelled because of COVID but kind of the the hook was set and it was like okay you know this is maybe not that bad um, mm -hmm. And I think it was were you, the last. Were you planning on? Can I ask? Sorry, were you planning on racing all three of those distances, four, eight, and fifteen, or were you planning on just one or two? Uh, that's a good question. It's like so. A little bit of um, of the masters mentality is uh, so. Recently, I just went to um, uh, Canadian Masters Championships outdoors in in Langley, and um, old people like to get their money's worth. And and so, so especially uh, old people from Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> well, old and no, actually, it's not just a Winnipeg thing. Because, okay, okay. Because you go all over the place, and you ever go to these Masters Championships? Like they run every single event. Like uh, just recently, there was a guy from the uh, U.S. who ran the uh, U.S. Championships, and he ran the four hundred, the eight hundred, the fifteen hundred, the five thousand, ten thousand, the four by eight relay, and the four by four relay. And and just about three weeks before that, he ran an ultra marathon or something like that. And I'm like, um, and then the sad part of that story is they they missed setting the world record for the four by eight by two seconds, oh. which which <laughs> which we just broke at at uh, at the Canadian Masters. But it was I was just laughing because I had raced against him indoors. But it was funny. <laughs> but but that's kind of the mentality of a lot of okay. the. Um, the athletes to, to go out and try and run all these events. Um, but at Worlds, they have um, heats and finals. You know, so, you know, when you talk about numbers, there's enough people that they can run a set of heats to make the final event. And, mm -hmm. and so if you pick the four, the eight and 15, you're not just running three races. Well, I should qualify that depending on how good you are you could potentially yeah. be running six races in there so right. um but but yeah no we have to get our money's worth 
<laughs> but you don't, I, I wouldn't say that you fall into that. Like I've looked at some of the things you sign up for and it's typically the 400, the 800, maybe a relay, like three things. Yeah, no, I've kind of been very selective. Uh, yeah. Like my first indoors, I actually did run the four, the eight and the 15 and uh, did a couple of relays, but, but yeah, I've since gotten hopefully a little bit smarter and tried to focus a little bit more on, on a mm-hmm. specific race. Mm-hmm. What's your, um, what's your go-to? Like what's your, what do you specialize in? Uh, so my, my best event is the 800. Um, mm-hmm. Right now I, uh, I've had really good success at it. In my history, it's, it's been more 1500 and in some cases 3000. But, um, but recently I think I've been having a lot of really good success with the 800. So that's been where I've been trying to focus on. And mm-hmm. um, it's, uh, uh, I think I've told Carolyn this a couple of times where, you know, you, you run the race. And so right now I'm running around two minutes and 17 or 16 seconds for 800 meters. And I, about a year ago, it was like, okay, you run for two minutes and 16 seconds and you cough up a lung for two hours after that. So, <laughs> so, so. Okay. So on that note, you're talking to the ultra marathon runner here of our duo who running fast like that just sounds worse to me than running a hundred miler. Like I just, yeah. I don't, oh, it's just pure <laughs> torture, but there must be something about it that you love. So besides, you know, the two hour period after, what is it that draws you to to that distance at the age of 62? Um, 800 is one of those races where you're kind of almost running all out for that two and a bit minutes. And, and if you see some of the world-class runners today, holy cow, they're like like super, super fast. That's uh, like almost a sprint, but you're working really hard. So it's it's just a bit of satisfaction, I think, more than more than anything. And, and I mean, I'm sure you can relate to it because after that hundred mile run, it's like, wow, I did that. And, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and so, you know, we, we all get our satisfaction in different ways and it could be a hundred miler. It could be the marathon, although marathon is more like 23 miles would be great, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> whatever the race distance is, it should be just a, like 10% shorter. It should think? be. Yeah. And I think my, my, so when you say what's my ideal race, probably 750 meters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And, and I think Carolyn, I'm not sure if Carolyn, if you've seen a couple of those recent races, but there's been a few of them where I get to 750 and I'm running with the teenagers and all of a sudden, like, what happened in the last 50 meters? Cause they beat me by four seconds, even though I was right with them with 50 yeah. meters to go. <laughs> yeah, totally. No. And I think, you know, there's that expression, if you know, you know, like if, if you know that pursuit of showing up at practice two or three times a week to chip away one second off your 400 meters over the course of an entire season, like that's a worthwhile pursuit for somebody that wants that as their pursuit, if that makes any sense. So I think it it doesn't really matter if you're going for a hundred miles or if you're going for a hundred meters when that's the pursuit. Like I just want to master this event. I think we're all speaking the same language. Is that kind of the way that, that you see it or that you would describe it in your world? Uh, I think so. I mean, I was going to say it's, it's one of those, um, uh, you know, the secret to success to me is the goal, right? Yeah. So 
you know, like I hate running just for the sake of running. Like mm. I, if I'm shooting towards something. So 22 years ago, it was, okay, I'm going to run this dumb marathon. <laughs> and, and so that was my goal. And so I set up my own little program. So now at least I know where I'm going. Um, and, you know, I, I, there's a few sayings out there. If you, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Mm-hmm. But if you know where you want to go, then there's only certain ways to get to. Path is pretty straight and narrow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, Carolyn mentioned that you run with the same track club as her kids and you just mentioned being actually racing against teenagers as well. What is it like training and racing with people decades younger than you? Is it a little (laughs) bit intimidating or is it kind of inspiring? Where, Uh, where does that land with you? For me or for them? (laughs) Let's start with you. (laughs) (laughs) um for me it's not not it's um one of the things that i think i've learned in the last at least it come to a realization about it more now than than i did when i was younger is training with people uh and i think there's actually been studies on this that talked about uh the percentage increase in performance by training with people and it's like i don't know two to five percent uh by training with other people. So a year and a half ago, I did all of my runs by myself. In fact, I think I, two winters ago, I, I did all of my track training on the treadmill because <laughs> uh, the track was closed for number one and you had to be a part of a club to, in order to go to that. So, uh, but joining the club made a huge difference. So just being with a club and whether their kids or old people or whatever it doesn't matter but it's just that training with with people mm-hmm. um i used to have a saying a long long time ago which was around if you want to get faster run with fast people and so uh training with the kids i i just it's like some of them are old enough or young enough to be my grandkids <laughs> so it's yeah. uh it's like okay whatever and i think they're more intimidated than i am um but, uh, you know, I think with Andy's group, we've been having really good success. He likes to uh, make sure that everybody is running in a group of similar ability. Mm-hmm. So there's a few of the younger teenage boys I could probably train with. Uh, they tend to go a little bit crazy if Johnny or I are, <laughs> are running with them because they're like not getting beat beat by grandpa especially Mm. in a a training session uh the girls are a little bit more um easygoing from that perspective so i have been training with some of the 17 18 year old girls a couple of them are intimidated but most of them are are actually pretty good to to work with and and i help keep them on pace because sometimes they either run too fast or too slow and so we've just got a, a really good rhythm going with with uh with a few of them Mm-hmm. Um, excellent so yeah but but for some of the 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 boys are definitely uh much more intimidated and it's kind of funny when we get to races because uh everybody's like oh shoot greg's in my heat <laughs> now what <laughs> and, and then i've had a few races where i've been running with with the, the guys and and again like high school i remember high school too just pace up and down not that i'm the best at pace sometimes i think after 40 years of running you'd learn how to pace better but um there's been a few races where 
I, I've been running and get to a certain point in the race and the kids kind of look over and it's like, what the heck are you still doing here? <laughs> well, this is super interesting because we asked you whether you were intimidated, but I hear you talking more that they're more intimidated yeah. of you than you are. Uh, like you seem completely fine that you're running with, with kids that could be your, your grandkids. Do you ever wish there were more people your age to train with? Or are you completely fine with whoever shows up? You just want to train with people that are your ability or a little bit better to help get you better. Yeah. And I think it's more that, that, training with people, your ability or a little bit better is, mm -hmm. is the where, where I want to be. Again, you don't want to be with the people that are like 10 seconds ahead of you because that's not productive. Mm -hmm. uh, you end up doing one interval and then shutting it down for the rest of the day. And, and we do have a few <laughs> kids that kind of train that way. And I'm yeah. like, we want to finish the workout. You know that, right? That's the goal. Not, not kind of running one interval super hard. It's like, finish yeah. the workout. And, yeah. And so we've been trying to work on that, but yeah, no, just, um, uh, being able to train with, with likability people has, um, has I think been the, the biggest boon for me in terms of just, uh, uh, my improvement over the last, uh, last year or so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think this might be a good time. We alluded to it earlier, uh, but to talk about age grading. So age grading is something that we use a lot in master's athletics to kind of compare different performances from different people, different ages, different genders, you to your past self from decades ago. It's just like a nice equalizer. But I had taken some of your, your times from this year in your two main disciplines, which are 400 and 800. And I put them into an age grading calculator and, and it might be a different one than you use. I'm not sure, but I was getting a uh, age graded percentages around 89% or so in the 400, but higher, like 91 and a half approximately in the 800. So I'm wondering, like that speaks to you actually are better in the 800 relatively than you are in the 400. And that might play into why that's your favorite event. Let me ask you that. Do you think it's your favorite event because it happens to be the one that you're better at? Or do you think it's your favorite event for a different reason? Yeah. <laughs> um, probably, uh, I'm not sure how to best answer that. I think the answer is I'm, I'm better at it. And so therefore, it by default becomes my favorite event. Yeah. Um, the, I, I look at some of the times for the 400 and some of the world-class runners are about 56 seconds in my age category. And so whereas close. I'm kind of ranked worldwide pretty close to the top of my age category. So it's mm -hmm. like, okay, well, yeah, there's some fast people out there, but oh, oops, I'm one of them. <laughs> okay, so so what is age grading? Like you, yeah. you talked about percentages here, Carolyn. I'm going to ask the the question for those of us that don't know. Like, it's a percentage of what, and what is considered a good percent at a certain age? Can you explain what age grading is to us, please, Greg? Um, so I'll take a bit of a stab at it because it, it actually changes every number of years. So what they do is they they take all of the performances by people, uh, different genders, different ages, and they put them in a big, huge database, and then they run some calculations against them. And so 
just as a bit of an example, the world record for the 800 meters right now, the open 800 is around one minute and 41 seconds. Uh, for my age category, which is uh, male 60 to 64, uh, the world record is about uh, 208, two minutes and eight seconds. And you're 215 or 217, isn't that what you said? Yeah, I ran ah. 215 indoors. Right. So if you look at the, the differences between that, like so from 208 to 215, uh, they, there's actually some tables that the World Masters Athletics puts together. Uh, and it's based on all of the various different performances. Uh, so they're assuming that around 208 would be 100%. And so your difference from that 208 is is the percentage uh, that Carolyn Carolyn mentioned. So so for me it's around 91, 92 percent, uh, which calculates out to um, uh, about that 215 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you take that time and multiply it against apply that table against the current world record, my age graded equivalent would be around uh, one minute and. 49 seconds. So if I were an open athlete running about 149, that's about what my equivalent uh, time in the 800 is. If that kind of makes sense, you kind of look at it. You know what? It totally makes sense. And I just had this epiphany. So I'm going to just do a little sidebar for a moment for the trail runners listening. This is kind of how ultra sign up gets the ultra sign up ranking for, you know, each course is so different that the winner of the course will get 100%. And then everybody else's times is, is is a relative percentage of that winner's time. And then they use the reverse calculation to predict what your times might be on other courses based on that grading system. So this sounds very similar to me, but in a much more probably precise and worldwide huge data set way, right? Yeah. Um, where it's a little bit more apples to apples. So yeah. that's very interesting. It totally makes sense. Thanks for, yeah. for explaining that. Yeah, a, a side, sidebar story on this. My my sister lives in Kentucky, and, and quite a few summers ago, I went down and visited her. And she arranged for some of her friends to go for, for a run with me because she knew I ran marathons and they ran marathons. So so there we were out for our run, and these guys were all a bit intimidated because I'd actually run some pretty fast marathon times and they were like holy cow we don't know if you can if you want to run with us slow guys and I'm like ah don't worry about it like first of all it's in Kentucky so there was like 100% humidity it was super (laughs) humid and then there was like uh, 98 degrees so it was super hot and and there's a lot of hills and stuff like that in, in Kentucky so I said you know like with the hill grading and the and the heat grading and the humidity grading, we're actually running like four minute miles right now, even though we're running like eight or nine minute miles <laughs> race. Just keep telling yourself that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's all good. Yeah. Well, one thing one thing we hear a lot when we're because you and I can be like bullies sometimes trying to get people running on the track that that aren't used to running on the track. Um, one thing we hear a lot is I'm too slow and like I don't want to you know it's embarrassing and it's intimidating and I don't want to you know be out there on display and all of this now what do you think like do you think there's any benefit of age grading for some of those people like what what have you found just almost like in terms of comparing yourself to yourself like that improvement I would have to imagine like getting better 
and a higher age grade as you go along um, is one of the things that keeps you in master's athletics. You're saying that you're, you're getting a higher age grading percent now than you did decades ago. Is that right? Um, well, so my age graded times are faster than what I ran when I was younger. So uh, right. I think I said my my 800 personal best was about a one minute and 51 second 800. And so now, based on my age graded times, I'm running about a 149, which is like yeah, two yeah. seconds faster than than what I've ever run in my life. So it's it's uh, it's one of those things. Like for me, anyways, it's I I kind of look at the times and I say, well, I could run as fast as those other times that are out there. And, and then because I think in my mind, I'm faster than I really am. Uh, oh, that's not but, true. But, but, the, but the age grading helps make it a reality. <laughs> well, and your perception of effort and, you know, it's, there's a reason for age grading, right? There's a reason yeah. why you can't run as fast in your sixties as you could in your twenties. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a lot of physiological absolutely. Uh, things yeah. in there. But, but to, to your question though, Carolyn, like I, I think, um, I think age grading works for people like, me who have a track background so if we wanted to bring those people back into the fold uh because they keep going well i can't run as fast as i used to and it's Mm -hmm. like well yeah you're right you can't but you can run equivalent to as fast as you used to run so so don't use that as an excuse like i'm never ever going to be able to run a 151 again Uh, i know that but I can run the equivalent of a 151. And, yeah. and, uh, and I, so I think for those people, I think we can, we can bring them back in from that perspective. Um, I, I think the other part for masters is it, it's like, you, if you go to these uh, Canadian championships and the world championships uh, and see the people that are competing there, like there's all levels, like in the 800 meters in, in my event, the range of athletes was uh, myself and and Mark Pinkard who ran, we ran 217. And the last person in our age group ran 304 or 305 or something like that. So, you know, quite a range, uh, but Mm -hmm. they were out there competing and running that hard (laughs) race. And and if it was 750 meters, they would have probably been happy too. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying like for somebody like you who has this track background, you find it motivating because you can kind of compare and see if you're getting better. What do you think is in it for somebody who maybe doesn't have a a track background? Do you ever see people picking up the track in their 30s, 40s, 50s that have never competed on the track in their life and, and having fun with it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, again, like there's a lot of stories of people that actually started running in their 60s and 70s. Um, and, and to me, it, it gets back to that goal. Um, you know, just set the mm-hmm. goal and work towards that goal. Uh, you know, I, I think at one point in time, everybody was like, you have to run a marathon. If you haven't run a marathon, you're not a runner. Yeah. And, and like, guess what? You can run an 800 meters in whatever time, whether it's, you know, 2.15 like I do or four minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um that's your new goal and and you still need to train for it it's it's um you know i say the hardest part about running a marathon is not the marathon it's the training for it the hardest part about running an 800 is not the 800 it's the training for it and so if you set that goal this is where you want to go 
now you have a road, or at least you can set up a, a path to, to get there. And so not all running is running marathons. You, you can right. do other mm-hmm. stuff. And, and if you don't have the time to run a marathon then or 100 miles or whatever to train for that, because mm. you can't fake those. Like no. <laughs> As much no. as you want to try, you can't fake it. Uh, or if you right. do, you're kind of being pain for a, a you're little bit you're rolling the that. dice so yeah <laughs> but but even like the 800 uh like yes you have to train for it but you don't necessarily have to train for uh you know a 20 mile run or whatever you can do a yeah. lot less uh training but but still have that goal to to get to where you need to get still to quality back to yeah. our debate all the time of pushing yourself in different ways right different kinds of hard you can go longer you can go faster you mm. can just run differently right and still feel the challenge mm-hmm. so yeah and one of one of the objections we hear a lot Greg of of people entering the sport on that side of things like it's oh but what if people laugh at me what if people you know so w- when you're talking about your 60 to 64 like you said you and Mark were up there on the two, 215 217 end of things. And then you had people over three minutes. What's the dynamic like uh, when you do this event? And and these are quicker events, right? So 217. So you're waiting 45 seconds for, for the last person to come in. Are you cheering the last person across the line just as much as everybody was cheering you across the line? Or what sort of like paint us a picture of what these competitions are like? Well, they're fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I mean, we didn't have our official photographer there this uh, at the outdoor championships, but at the indoor championships, as soon as everybody's finished, there's a finish line picture of everybody that that ah. ran that race, and uh-huh. um, and and you'll see that at the world championships and stuff like that. So so it's it's just it's just welcoming, and everybody in the mm-hmm. in the stands are holy cow, like, did the person just run that? And, and mm-hmm. they're all cheering effort regardless of of how slow or fast it it, it is. Mm-hmm. And um, love seeing good races and love seeing people finish. And, and mm-hmm. you know, when you see, like, 85 to 90-year-old people out there, like uh, Carol... Have you done Carol? Carol Lafayette Boyd. She's on my list. Oh my goodness. I want to interview her. <laughs> like she is running like I have 32 seconds or something for 200 meters. I couldn't and do this it. This is like an 80 some year old lady. Like mm-hmm. I want to be running that fast next year. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm a little faster than that right now, but still. Like, Can you be more than 100% age graded? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. She probably skews the results for everybody else. <laughs> she does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's setting world records for her age category, but holy mm-hmm. cow, just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But you're saying that the first person across the line, yes, we can be wowed by them and inspired by them. And the last person across the line, we're cheering equally hard for them. It's a, a very welcoming, friendly vibe. It is. And I mean, Kim probably sees this in the in the trail running. Mm-hmm. Like you're, uh, so I'm waiting 40 seconds. She's probably waiting <laughs> hours, right? <laughs> Four hours or more. <laughs> or but more. no, it's, it's absolutely, you know, just, just being there as a community is, is, part of the whole experience right so I think you see that in any distance as you're describing yeah yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that community is huge you know mm-hmm. and, and just and, and this year outdoor championships I think they had about almost 500 uh, athletes compete and this was the Canadian championships 
Um, I actually went to the U.S. Masters indoors, and there were 1,500 or a couple of thousand people running in the event. Like it was, you know, it's amazing to see the people there. Yeah. And I think whatever our own community is that we've, we feel welcomed and a part of, whether it's the trails or the track or the roads, we want other people to feel that too. Right. And that's where we become these passionate, like, come, come like evangelists or whatever, but you've done a lot of work. Like you're involved um, on the the board of Athlet- uh, Canadian Masters Athletics, you're on the board of Athletics Manitoba. You even help on the um, Manitoba Marathon committee there to to put on our local events. Like, why is this work important to you? Why do you want to? I mean, I, I think we kind of just answered it. We want other people to feel what you felt and what you've gotten from running and give back to the sport, but is there anything else that draws you into this work? Um, so I, I love running. I've been running for, I'm going to say almost 50 years now. And, um, the, um, yeah, it's, I was just watching a recent, uh, Instagram post the other day and it was talking about track and field being the only real sport out there. Everything else mm. is a game. <laughs> I shouldn't okay. say that out loud, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> you're allowed. You're allowed. <laughs> On this podcast, you're allowed. But, um, you know, it's it's something that everybody can do. And, I mean, whether it's running or jumping or throwing, it's just things that people can do uh, to get out and participate. And, like, on the board, like, uh, you know, I, people have accused the masters. It's like, oh, well, you're just focusing on track. But, you know, it's not just the track. It's also mm-hmm. some of the, the road running and the, and like even trails. Like if you look at the age categories, you probably see more people in that 40 plus age category mm-hmm. than yep. you do in the younger ones. And so, so there's a lot of options for people to go out and run and participate or jump or throw or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of people probably fall into my the way my life went where kind of ran for a while uh a lot of times we lose athletes after high school because they're not sure they're good enough to go to university and participate at the university level and then we lose a lot of people after university because technically there's nothing um but um you know like masters just opens up that opens up that door and you know, I, I, I was saying earlier, like, not everybody wants to run marathons. So yeah. is there something else out there? And Masters track, uh, like the field events, like there's lots of stuff for people to do. That mm-hmm. You know, once you find your passion, set a goal, and now you can you can work towards that. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I think it's just, it's, uh, so it's kind of funny, because I'm involved in the Matoba Marathon Board, which is not track <laughs> no, and, and it's right, kind of funny right. and sometimes go into there saying hey we should you guys should come out and run on the track but <laughs> but on the flip side get people from the track to go out and run on the roads as well is, is a different different set mm-hmm. of things too let me ask you a question so you mentioned that you know in in the trail running community ultra community you're right like there's a lot of people in their fourth fifth sixth seventh decades more so than than the younger years although that is changing with time part of that is because you naturally increase in endurance as you age but i think a lot of it is 
let's be honest, it takes time and money <laughs> to do these events, right? Yeah. And so often people don't start getting into it until their kids are a little bit older, until they have some more you know, free time in their day, um, expendable income to travel to events. Do you see that at all in the master's track community? You know, do people start taking up track and field when they've got more resources to invest in the training and the racing? Um, so a little bit of yes and no. Um, so there's definitely opportunities to travel. So you can travel nationwide to to races you can travel worldwide so there is um interesting a small community of masters athletes that go to every single world championships just to travel and and they do a little bit of um athletic touring i guess it would be the, the the good definition there but um you can do that for trail running you can do that for marathons you can do it for whatever yeah, is that necessary though, I guess is the next question. Yeah, and, yeah. and so for some people who want to travel, this is just a, a way of doing it. Um, for those that don't, you don't have to. If you want to participate on the track, there's tons of track races and and cheap. You know, like you, you go to the Manitoba Marathon, even it's, I feel what the price is now, it's like 70 or 80 or $100 or whatever to enter a, uh, a marathon. And some of the road races are, Forty, fifty dollars to get into road races. Well, track races are like ten dollars. Ten dollars. Hey, that sounds pretty attractive. I guess you got to get your money's worth, right? You're only running for two minutes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ten bucks for two minutes. So yeah, I guess. (laughs) So maybe the marathon prices aren't that bad. I (laughs) cost per minute. Probably. Yeah. There you go. But, you know, so there are, there's tons of opportunities to, mm-hmm. to go out and do that. And then the other one where we're, we're trying to also look at uh, opportunities for building up the community is like, there's lots of um, uh, elementary high school uh, kids that go out to their track practices. And what are their parents doing while the practice is going on? Well, they're sitting there on their phone and, and uh, doing whatever. And it's like, hey, guess what? I'm an old guy. You can come and train with us or, mm-hmm. um, although Carolyn and, and, and Johnny will talk about how their kids are embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> a whole other running. problem. They're like, don't join the track. <laughs> <laughs> but, but having said that, I mean, it, it's, um, I think there's lots of potential there. You're, you're out of the track anyways, uh, mm-hmm. train on the other side of the track from where the kids are at and they won't see you and they're hanging out with their friends anyways. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, just come out and, and we should be able to set up mini workouts for, for people to, to train and get back into it. I've, I've met a number of uh, kids, it's kind of funny kids that I've raced against. They'll come up to me after and they go, um, my mom says that you used to be on the same track club as her, like, you know, 30 oh. years ago or 40 years ago. And I, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your mom again? And then we get into a conversation about that. So it's kind of funny that uh, a lot of track parents, uh, kind of their kids end up being track kids. And, yeah. and um, uh, so now, you know, uh, just getting back to that, that age thing. So for me, when I turned 40, the kids were kind of getting semi-independent we could kind of leave them at home or whatever Mm -hmm. and and I could go and do workouts or take somebody in the jogging stroller or whatever but I I think there is that opportunity as people get into that 40s um, just family life is slowly starting to settle down 
Uh, although with us, with four kids, it was, it was okay, who's driving, which kids around, where? Yeah, yeah. it's a logistical <laughs> so <that>, nightmare. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if they're all going to the same place and you're at the track and you're just sitting around waiting, then, then you can mm-hmm. kind of get into that. And actually a similar side, um, you know, we also can, should be able to tap into the, the soccer parents and the hockey parents because they're out at the, at the track watching the kids play soccer or whatever. It's like, hey, guess what? There's a track over here. Uh, come mm-hmm. out and run or come out and jump or whatever. And uh, so we well, just hey, I of... admit that's when I do my runs is when I drop my kids off and uh, I go for my run while they're practicing. They would love it if I sat and watched <laughs> them the whole time, but they're usually so far off in the distance I couldn't see them anyways. So yeah, <laughs> I think it's a great opportunity. So you've done a lot of work with all three of these organizations and committees and subcommittees and board. Um, I'm going to throw out a... a cheesy pun, what strides have you made in working with these boards? And then also, what work is still to be done? Where do you think there's still opportunity? Um, so I, I kind of joined a lot of these boards kind of mid post COVID. So a lot of it is kind of getting back to what normal is. Um, having said that on the um, Athletics Manitoba and the CMA side Canadian masters um, at least in Manitoba like our, I think our numbers this year we were up to about 50 mm-hmm. or so masters athletes so exciting um, which is kind of the most we've ever had and like pre-covid uh, I think we had about 19 or 20 yeah. uh, which you know considering the fact that that was just the year before when um, uh, Toronto 2020 was supposed to happen you would have expected a little bit more Right. Uh, so we've we've had some really good, uh, and even actually from last year to this year, we my I kind of set my goal of five percent, and we we beat that. We got five new people, so that was <laughs> that was that was awesome. And and just kind of going out to the track, and people will come up to you and like you're inspiring me. I'm like, okay, well, good. Now come out and run, <laughs> or come out yep. and jump. And and so we've been seeing a lot of a lot of that um, happening, which is which is great. Uh, I think the last two cross country seasons, we actually had more masters athletes than we had open athletes uh, mm-hmm. competing, which was, you know, it was like not like big numbers, like twenty or so people, but still yeah. twice as many masters as we had uh, open athletes. Uh, That's running. amazing. It was, it was great. Um, so there's lots of work on that side. On the marathon side, uh, again, getting the marathon back up to kind of the pre-COVID numbers mm-hmm. is, is yeah. a, bit, a bit of a challenge, uh, getting the volunteers out. And I think a lot of the road racers or road racing side is feeling similar things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this year we had a great um, year at the Manitoba Marathon. We had really good, strong numbers. Uh, it hosted the um, Canadian Half Marathon Championships with some you want to see some super fast guys like uh cam was out there and and uh justin uh, kent yeah who is uh who top female this year um Alyssa lego okay yeah last year was natasha and mm-hmm. sasha were both out the year before in the yep. furnace yep. day <laughs> furnace oh day gosh. but yeah <laughs> Yeah, so. good. So you're you're starting to rebound a little bit after COVID with the marathon. I think too, um, it's important to just keep getting the word out that these are opportunities that 
everybody can participate in. Like, I think sometimes it's just a lack of knowledge. Like I know I'm constantly pumping with the people that I coach, like go try track and go, go try to cross country. And, and they're like, Oh, I didn't even know that I could do this. And, and then we're about to put on a, a kind of a fun event called Tractastic where we're just, there's some fun little spins on some of the classic events and just some silly events and an event for kids and relays and, and just kind of making it really accessible and approachable, I think, is another way to get people involved. Yeah, I mean, the Tractastic, I've signed up for that, so I'm hoping to win the age-graded 800. You totally <laughs> will. I can't think of a single person that can run in the 90%. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and that's what's going to be so fun, right? Like, yeah. you might not win outright, like, to the naked eye, right? It'd be like, nope, Johnny was across the line before you or whatever, but you would absolutely kick his butt on the age yeah. grading. And I think that's kind of part of it is that it's fun and um, everyone's invited and, and it's, you know, that's all going to be great. But it's also an educational thing of like, look at how you can use age. What's grading. the Tractastic? Tractastic is this event coming up um, on August 30th. So by the time this episode airs, it will have already happened, but it's just a... You know, it's a random Wednesday evening, August 30th. We're going to put on like a track meet for, we say for everyone, but really like trying to get people that are comfortable participating in, in road running, come try, come try a fun track event, bring all your friends, bring your kids, like just make it really, really fun. But there is going to be an 800 meter age graded performance. So that's what I'm saying. Greg's got to come out and like... <laughs> When the age graded 800, there's going to be a mile where no one's allowed to wear their watch. They have to predict what their finishing time is going to be in the mile. And the winner is the person closest to their predicted time. That sounds fun. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you forgot the slowest 100. The slowest 100 <laughs> is going to be my favorite event to watch. So you just have to be, you know, moving your legs at a running cadence. You have to be moving forward. And you're going to see who can run 100 meters the slowest. How fun is that? <laughs> that is fun. Are you signed up for that, Greg? Um, I forget which ones I signed up for. I, I think I might have signed up for that one. I don't think I did the prediction one. Okay. Because some days my predicted, <laughs> my pacing is kind of off these days. But Okay. <laughs> but, but Kim, if you're ever interested in coming out and running some track stuff, because even as a trail runner, uh, running on the track is actually good for you. So I'm told, yes, I've heard that a few times from somebody on the other side of the screen right now, but yes, that's, you're absolutely right. Like I said, I can be oh, a little bit of a bully sometimes, but, <laughs> um, but Greg, I, I understand that um, we're putting in a bid potentially to host the indoor CMA championships in 2025. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. Yeah. So we, we're, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, if we can get the events locally, so, you know, Kim, you were asking earlier about, you know, traveling and people don't necessarily want to go to various places or they can't afford to. So can we do some, uh, local, uh, event that, that can get people out and um, so, yeah, so we're looking at uh, trying to put in a bid to get the Canadian Indoor Masters Championships held in, in Winnipeg in 2025. We were going to try next year, but uh, a few other things kind of conspired against us. So we're, we're looking at the, the following year. Uh, but yeah, having that event 
in Winnipeg. Uh, hopefully we'll get more people coming out just either to watch mm-hmm. or to participate from, from around here and to volunteer you know, and volunteer. And, you know, we've got an awesome track here and um, like very fast. It's right in the middle of Canada. So it's just as hard to travel as it is from Vancouver as it is from Eastern mm-hmm. from the Atlantic right. provinces. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that should be fun. Just like you were saying back in, in 2020, how you had said, okay, the outdoors are going to be in Toronto and then the indoors are going to be in Edmonton. So I'm going to get training again to attend these things. Um, I think the same can be true now, three, four or five years later of, okay, these things are coming up. That's really cool. It's right in my backyard. Let me, you know, start preparing for these things. So I think, I think that's really cool how it switches around all over Canada, like these, um, and then the world is like all over the world, right? You've um, participated in some of the world masters athletics events, I think, but since I've been on the board anyway, there's been Poland and yeah, no, I, where else have they been? I I wanted to actually, I wanted to go to Finland. Finland was uh, last uh, the outdoors last year or the year before. And then Poland was indoors this year and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, just political situation end up being, eh. (laughs) I think not, but next summer, um, the uh, world outdoor masters championships are in Sweden. Uh, So that's, that's um, sounds pretty good (laughs) on my list of places to go. My wife just retired and I said, okay, well, we're going to Sweden next year. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I guess that's okay. <laughs> yeah, right on. Okay. Well, we can't let you go without talking about another event that you were just part of. And that was the Canadian Masters Outdoor Championships in Langley, BC. You just got back from that. I mean, it took place about 10 days ago. I think you just got back a few days ago. And you were on a world record setting four by 800 meter relay team. I thought you could spend a few minutes here at the end telling us what uh, that experience was like. Um. I'm going to say nerve wracking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair. So, so uh, anyway, so, so Mark uh, Pinkard, who's currently the uh, Canadian uh, record holder in the M60 to 64 H category for the, both the 800 and the 1500 uh, kind of email or messaged me and said, Hey, are you interested in being on, on this team to try and break this record? Cause you know, it's, it's uh, around this fast and, and we should be able to beat that. And so, so I said, Oh, for sure. And, and so um, uh, he had a, another um, gentleman out in from BC, David Gus, uh, who's actually got a whole ton of uh, relay records. He kind of knows how to work the system really well. Uh, <laughs> and I actually raced against Dave last summer. Uh, so there were the three of us. And, and uh, so then Mark was looking for a fourth, found uh, somebody out in Ontario uh, who actually ended up flying out to the championships very specifically to run the four by eight hundred? Like wow. even though he had entered a, uh, one other event, he that was his main goal for coming out there. Oh. Uh, so we as- assembled a team, and then uh, then it was just kind of all the logistics about uh, okay, what do we need to do? We're trying to figure out who's going to run first and so on. Uh, on paper, we were about. Um, I'm going to say about six seconds faster than the 
than the current record, uh, just mm-hmm. based on times that we'd been we'd been running uh, so far uh, this summer. And um, so, yeah, we we ended up breaking the record by thirteen seconds. I forget what the math Whoa! was. Whoa, <laughs> that's yeah. amazing! You shattered the record, <laughs> um, which has yet to be ratified. It has is that to correct? be ratified. <laughs> correct. Yeah. So, but so it I can't see any major reasons why that wouldn't uh, wouldn't go through. But thirteen seconds. Oh my goodness! That's yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You took it down. Yeah. No, it was. It was. Uh, I was. Um, uh, I was kind of disappointed with my, my my leg. I'll have to admit this up, up front because um, uh, I had actually run the 400 earlier in the day, like about an hour and a half before the uh, 4 by 800. And and I knew I was I was going to be doing that. And my, my goal was to just kind of get used to the track. And, and my, my plan was to run it fairly relaxed, which, which I did. And it was funny because my wife was watching the race and she says like, you know, you're running. And there was on the inside of me was this gentleman who I raced against in, in indoors, who's very fast. And uh, I think he actually won gold medals in the 100, 200 and 400. Um, but he kept, he came up to me on my shoulder and I'm like, I could run with him. And I'm like, no, <laughs> hold back, <laughs> hold back. And so I ended up kind of holding back on, on that 400. Uh, but in the in the 800, I ended up going out way too fast, and you know we talk about pace and so on. And I I, I was actually on pace to run like a 208. Oh. <laughs> 800. So, oh, so no. the first lap was was very fast, and the second lap was not quite as fast. Right. Uh, but um, but in the end, you know, I, I kind of knew we like when I got the baton uh, to start off my leg. Uh, I if it if if the split was going to be around seven fifteen, I knew I was going to have my work cut out for me. And Were you last? I, I was the last runner. Oh, yeah, I ran last. No pressure. Night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and but but uh, David handed off to me. So uh, Mark went first. Uh, Chris Dine was second, then David, and then myself. And so when I got the baton from David, it was around six fifty five. So I knew we had oh, quite a yeah. bit of. Uh, uh, of headway to, to like, a room that I could screw up almost really badly and still <laughs> would be okay. But, um, yeah. so, but my, my, my sadness was that, that if I'd run what I was capable of, we, we would have been about at least three seconds or four seconds faster than what we ended up being. Mm. So, so that was my, my, my well, now, you know, you could get the team together and break yeah. it. You know, you're all in your younger 60s, right? Like 61, 62, um, aren't you? Because you well, can I'm break it next group. year. Yeah, actually, no, I think we've got another two more years. Um, and, and so, yeah, uh, David was saying, okay, guys, in, in 2026, we're going to get together and we're going to get that next record at 65 to 69. There you go. Corey. There you go. Right. Oh, that's so good. No, I didn't realize the relay was before your open 800 like your individual 800 uh yeah so that was the that was the next day mm-hmm. so you didn't want to destroy yourself on the the relay no then- no 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 the main focus was was definitely the relay it was okay, like okay. it was we 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 knew we we had a good shot at setting that world record and so that was that was the focus so but there was a few logistical things that we had to make sure so there had to be another team in the uh, in the race, because if we just ran by ourselves, it would not count as a as a oh, yeah, as a right. world record. So, uh, so luckily there was um, actually I say luckily because I'd actually talked to to um, uh, Gordon Flett 
earlier mm -hmm. uh, and he put a roadkill team in. So we had a Manitoba team uh, okay. in the race. And then there was a, a group of uh, 40 to 44 year olds. They said, okay, well, we'll help pace you guys. And um, mm. unfortunately they were younger and faster and didn't want to get beat by their dad. So they, they kind of <laughs> <laughs> ran a little faster than, than we would have liked. But in the end it was, it was all good. They were, they were trying to ma maintain a good pace for us. Which awesome. I, actually was kind of funny because the guy that I that was um, running the same leg as me, I think that was part of why I ran too fast in the first oh. leg because he was just far enough in front of me that I thought, okay, if I catch up to him, I can just kind of run with him. But it was that act of trying to catch up to him that kind of made me run right. faster than I should have. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, well, but, that is just, yeah. That's so exciting. It was. It was. It was exciting. I mean, the the people in the crowd and the stands were were yelling and screaming, and we had people all around the track just yeah, cheering us on. It was. Really? It was. Oh, it, it so was really everyone exciting. was aware. That's that was another one of my questions. Like everyone was aware that the four of you were going after this record as it was happening. Yeah. So there was. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of. Uh, talk before the race it was like okay we're gonna try and break this record and mm -hmm. and and so there was a lot of you know we had to, we talked to the meet director to, to make sure that some of the uh world masters athletics rules um were around and in place so we had to make sure we had a photo finish picture and a oh, zero okay. test time thingy whatever the heck that yeah. is <laughs> and just all of the uh and make sure there was at least one other team in the race um yeah and 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 so on so it was it was um uh, it was a lot of bit of logistical stuff to to yeah. happen but it was it was exciting and uh mark uh ended up setting a you know i think he ran around his split was around 214 or something like that Whew. so he ran a really That's fast amazing. time amazing. um wow. chris ran about as fast as he's run all season mm -hmm. uh david uh ran about i think five seconds faster than he ran earlier uh, in the year. Like I think he ran 224 earlier in the year. He ran split 219. Oh, so yeah. Everybody so we, stepped up. <laughs> yeah. Everybody stepped up and made That's sure exciting. we, we um, had legal exchanges and <laughs> nobody dropped yeah. the baton. And, and so, yeah, it was, it was exciting. It was, it was uh, the, cl the crowd after was just like, wow. Yay. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Oh, well, congratulations so. to all of you. That's very, very exciting. And we'll cross our fingers that it gets passed and approved and by the powers that be, which are actually two, you two and me. Here. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, actually, no, we do the Canadian one. So it has to go by the yeah. Canadian records first, which, you know, right. we talk about the world record, like the Canadian record was uh, 12 minutes or something like that. Oh, well, you destroyed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll so, cross our fingers to you. And you battled Mark the next day in the, in the open. Oh yeah, so Mark uh, and I had a really good <laughs> good battle the next day. So we we uh, uh, ran the open eight hundred, and and Mark and I have had a couple of really good races this year, where it's kind of come down to the the the, the wire. The milliseconds. And, uh, yeah, so he beat me by two one hundredths of a second. I was. Oh, not, not pleased with that heartbreaking <laughs> <laughs> well it's fun though that you can be teammates and then you can be competitors and it sounds all like very healthy fun oh, competition. Yeah. and something that we all I mean if people are listening and they're like oh maybe you know 
Masters Athletics sounds pretty fun, and maybe I'll give that a try. Um, what final message would you leave with people who are track curious? Um, what? That's a good question. I'm I'm not sure what 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 message to leave there. It's just age is just a number, and just come out and run and yeah. or jump or throw or whatever you want to do. And and again, it's it's uh, I I see so many sprinters and jumpers and throwers. They kind of quit the sport because there's they think there's nothing for them and yeah. guess what there's there's stuff to do you don't have to do uh marathons and mm-hmm. ultra marathon not that not to put those things down there they're no <laughs> there are lots again no, I, whatever your passion yeah. is you know but mm-hmm. there's lots mm-hmm. of opportunities to get out there and do it and and you don't have to you know worry about where you're practicing or who or whatever, just come out mm-hmm. and do just what you need out. to do. So, and yeah. again, like you talked about earlier, like there's lots of opportunities locally, nationally, internationally. If yep. you want to travel and see the world, Hey, guess what? This is uh, a good excuse to uh, convince mm-hmm. your spouse to go somewhere that they yeah. <laughs> may, may or may not want to go, but, That's but right. get a bit of a yeah. travel, travel aspect in there. There is something for everyone. So um, if people, again, are curious, what would the next step be? Would they go to their provincial organization? In, in our case, Athletics Manitoba, check it out. Or where would you point them if they wanted um, to learn more? Yeah, I guess I, I mean, I, probably the starting point would be the Athletics Manitoba website. We do have a mm-hmm. master's page that has information on on what mm-hmm. master's athletics is all about. But ultimately, it's, it's uh, finding a coach. Uh, or a club to train with, and I, and I know you guys are big proponents of coaches because you know we talked we about uh, two to five percent working or training with other people. It's probably about fifty percent training with a coach. Um, yeah. And and guess what? You don't have to make up workouts. Somebody else will do that for you. Right. Um, <laughs> but but it's um, you know I I think just finding that that community is yeah. probably the key. And there's lots of community options. Uh, and if you don't want to train with a group, there's personal coaches that, uh, you know, again, the key is to set that goal. Because if you set that goal, that's about 90% of the battle. Yeah. It's a lot easier to go out and train if if you know where where you're going as opposed to, oh, I don't really feel like running today. Well, guess what? Yeah. If you're not running today, you're not hitting your goal. But if you're setting that goal, that's uh, makes it easier to get out the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so true. Yeah. Well, Greg, thank you for, for coming on the show, sharing all of your stories, your wisdom. Thank you for all of the work that you're doing in this space. Um, you really are doing a lot and, um, and we appreciate it. And if you're interested, if you're listening and you're a little bit track curious and want to come out and see what it's all about, then visit your provincial branch here. So Ontario, Athletics Ontario, Manitoba, Athletics Manitoba, and so on. And uh, again, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Hey, thank you very much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. (laughs) 